Okay, hello everyone. Uh, my name is Eric Vellum, and uh, this is podcast number three from the uh, Christ Only Ministries, preaching the Word of God and our Lord Jesus Christ to the whole world and beyond. <clears throat> um, good to be here again. Like I said, this is my uh, this is my third podcast. Uh, I hope you're the ones that you have listened to. If you have, you've enjoyed them. So uh, this is uh, my subject today. I just want to uh, get into this a little bit. And uh, one of the most common things uh, from reading scripture and uh, persistent themes or idea ideas that you get when you read history, and particularly the Bible, as it... Uh, as it gets played out in front of you as as you read it, is that um, how over the last thousands of years <clears throat> we can go back to the Bible in the Bible right back to uh, Adam and Eve and, and follow that, that whole progression right up to uh, the book of Revelation. And we see that, that four or five thousand years ago people pretty much were the same then as they are now. Um, civilization at the heart of it, you know, we have all these uh, contraptions now, we have all, all this technology, we have all this science, we have all this research, we have everything kind of like surrounding us. But at the heart of, of the, the life of, of every man, it's still the same. We still have the same issues. We still have the same questions. We still have the uh, same things that confront us and that challenge us and that tempt us and that inspire us. And that, uh, you know, we, we still look to the sky and, and, and still have wonder in our hearts, just like, just like they did, you know, 5,000 5, years ago. And, and uh, so man's outer circumstances and his... his uh, Patina might have changed, but but at the core of of life, we really haven't changed that much. Um, we still share the same desires and the, and the same passions and the same thoughts and the same sins and the same failures and the same victories as our forefathers. And and it's like in, in scripture, you really get an idea of of of. Uh, What's at the core of, of of our lives, you know, just for, from the characters that that it brings in into our lives through uh, through script, scripture. And one of the first, uh, you know, I remember reading uh, early in my Christian life about Peter. My my idea of Peter was that he was uh, before, you know, I really uh, understood things was that he was probably a, a great and heroic, you know, uh, disciple and kind of like taking. Um, you know, just a, a bigger and better than 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 the rest of us, and and uh, you know he he overcame and and or or you know he was just he was almost perfect. He was just heroic and everything else. But when you read about Peter and and how Jesus rebukes him two or three times, he actually says to Peter, "Get behind me, Satan! For you do not have the things of God in mind, but you have the things of Satan." I mean, he says that directly to Peter, you know. And, and this is his disciple, who I thought was supposed to be, you know, this 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 great character, and he's rebuking him. And it's not the only time he rebuked him. And then and then towards the end of the uh, of the Gospels, you know, Jesus or uh, he. He um, claims he does not know Christ three times, 
and and so he's so his life and and, and his being is 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 you know it just gets revealed to you that he's still one of us he's very much like us and all these characters in 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 scripture it just gets revealed to you that we haven't not we have not really changed that much uh, there might be you know some outer accoutrements that 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 uh, are different but inside where it really matters where the real battle is where the real life is going on things have not changed we still have the same needs and we still have the same thoughts and though we have all this technology surrounding us, including this podcast, um, you know, and things may be very different in some superficial ways, and they look more sophisticated, and you know, we're more um, we're more knowledgeable. But you know, these things are window dressing. They're just window dressings on 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 the core of our beings, on the core of our lives, and uh, concealing the truth that in our souls and in our spirits. We're still very much identical to our ancestors. We really have not changed that much. We still have our prejudices. We still have our hatreds. No matter how enlightened we may feel we are, we're really not. We're still at our core in some very uh, meaningful ways uh, filled with the same things that our ancestors are and, and to say otherwise is to possess a hubris and a uh, that and, and, and a and a, uh, and a pride that 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 just should not be there it's uh like oh we're 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 better than our ancestors we don't do this anymore and we don't do that but in one sense or another we do all the same things that we used to do we just find different ways and different avenues to um, express what's in our hearts friends and family marriage divorce birth thoughts of gods rivalries competitions catastrophe war work pleasures sex all this stuff still defines the lives of men today as they did yesterday and you know what strangely enough no matter how many atheists come in and out of our lives, and uh, one I mentioned here, the one that just uh, died recently, Stephen Hawking's, as much as I respected his uh, scientific abilities and, and his scientific mind, he, uh, he really got the fundamental issues of life wrong. And so we still have the same questions that we ever did about life and about the affairs of men. We still ask things. We still look up to the up to up into the heavens and say, "What's our purpose? Why are we here?" You know, we might have a Bugatti sitting in our in our driveway, and we might be living in some mansion, and we might have uh, you know this beautiful circular driveway and and all this uh, decorative stuff. But the man comes out of his man out of his mansion, and he looks up to the sky and says, "Who am I?" Just like the peasants did. Thousands of years ago, he still came out of wherever he lived and looked at the sky and said, Who am I? Where am I going? What is my purpose? What is my destiny? So at the very heart of things, we're still the same. And we still ask all the same questions. A lot of our questions that we deal with in life are, are, uh, are, are, are trivial. And some of our, some of our questions that we're asked and get asked are profound. Um... Why this and why this? I remember when I was living in an apartment and um, 
in Greene County or, or um, <clears throat> near Kuxaki. And uh, <clears throat> I lived in the upstairs apartment, and downstairs was a, was a family with um, uh, husband and wife and, and a little boy. He was maybe three or four. And he was the cutest little thing, you know, and sometimes I'd be out on the front stoop and, and he'd come, you know, ambling over and, uh, you know, we'd talk a little bit and <laughs> the kid cracked me up. It was, it was, uh, you know, you would say one thing, you would say, why? And then you would explain that and it was why? And then it, you would explain that and it was why? And then you explain that and you say why? And it was why this and why that? And, and, and it's like ad infinitum. He just, he could take this why and, and, and his why it's always made sense because, okay, you could go there and say why. And he just uh, just kept doing the why thing. And it, it would crack me up. And, and, uh, and, and he was serious, too. He wanted to know why. And so uh, we're still left with those questions in our, in our, in our, uh, in our souls and in our spirits. And um, some of these questions that we ask and uh, that we get asked, asked um, have eternal consequences, and some are trivial. And uh, how we answer them can have profound effects upon our destinies and our uh, and our lives, and uh, what direction we're headed. So we so these same questions just pop up in our minds and in civilization and in the hearts and the spirits of men over and over and over and no matter how much science tries to delve into the world of knowledge it just is not going to answer these questions for it cannot answer these questions they cannot be subject to trial and error and they cannot be subject to the probing hands of uh, of scientists that like to uh, to deconstruct everything and and break it down so that in some way or in some manner they can control it these things cannot these things of god cannot and they will not be controlled god cannot and will not be controlled and he will not be manipulated by the hands and the grasping uh uh wills of men so these questions are eternal and there's only one place you can find these answers but for me there are really two profound questions, two questions that really matter in all of life. And these questions are for all the marbles. I mean, you got all the chips on the table and, and it's, it's all or nothing with these questions. Everything is on the table here. So Jesus is into his ministry for some time, some time now and he's been talking, he's been with the crowds and with his disciples for a while. And they have all heard him speak, and they have all heard him teach, and they all have seen him perform his miracles. But Jesus at this time was now speaking with his disciples. He was having a private conversation with them. And he, and he, and he, uh, and he decides to, um, he wants to know where they're at. He wants to know, how, you know, what, what, uh, what are they getting from his ministry? What are they starting to understand? What, where, where, where are we going with these guys? And you know, he was, he wasn't really impressed with his disciples. I mean, he called them slow, and why, why are you so, uh, uh, you know, slow to understand what I'm telling you? Do you, do you not know yet what I'm trying to say to you? 
So I find that kind of humorous. Um, you know that he was, he was at times he was uh, he was pretty fed up with his with his disciples and their and their and their their hardness of heart and their denseness of mind. So anyhow, he's with his his disciples and um, and he Jesus at this point knows that there's uh, increased hostility towards him and uh, you know people are really getting agitated by him. And uh, things he can see are, are, you know, they're starting to come to a head. They're starting to develop, and the whole plan is starting to get worked out. And Jesus uh, turns to his disciples, and he says, Who do the people say that I am? And he asks his disciples this, Who do the people say that I am? And his disciples say, Well, some say Elijah, some say uh, John the Baptist, or one of the prophets. And you know, that question is still relevant today. It's like, who do the people say that Christ is today? And you get so many opinions of who he is. So, some, will, some will say that, that he's a, he's a, he's a uh, made-up historical figure. Others claim that he's a crackpot. Other, claimed, other ones claim that he's uh, some sort of a, uh, a magician. Others will claim that he's this. And others will claim that, that, he's, that he's that. He's... Um, you know, so you can ask you can ask twenty people who Christ is, and and you're like likely to get you know several different answers. Who do the people say that I am? And uh, so this is one of the questions that that he that he throws out there. He wants to know what the people are saying about him. He wants to know if 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 those outside of his circles are starting to grasp any of this, and 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 what the buzz is. And uh, this. Jesus uh, says, uh, "The world must learn that I love the Father and that the Father loves me, and the world must must learn that the Father and I are one." So he says. So he says, "Who do they say that I am?" And so that's the that's the penultimate question, I guess you could say. And so now Jesus turns to his disciples and he says. And this one cuts to the heart. And he's asking his disciples this question, but he's asking us as well. And he says to his disciples, Who do you say that I am? And so there it is. That's the question of all questions. From 2,000 years ago to this very day, that question gets asked a million times a day. And he still is asking that question to us. Who do you say that I am? Do you think I'm a crackpot? Do you think I'm a made-up historical figure? Do you think I'm just a prophet? Who do you say that I am? So all the marbles, everything, your entire destiny rests on that question. No matter what you've got surrounding you in your life, all your mansions and all your prizes and all your awards and all your shiny things and everything else that glitters and, and shines in this life and sparkles. This is the question that this is the only question that really matters. This is the ultimate question. Who do you say that I am? And Peter turns to him. And he says. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. 
And Jesus says to him, Blessed are you, Peter, for this has not been revealed to you by man, but has been revealed to you by my Father in heaven. And so here it is. Peter answers the question correctly. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. That is the question that Jesus desires to hear from us. Because this is the, that is the answer that needs to be, to, be, uh, to be said and felt in our hearts. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And blessed are you, whoever answers that question in that manner. Blessed are you, for this has not been revealed to you by man. Man cannot... He can talk to Christ about you. He can talk to the biblical things about you. But when it comes to really knowing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, only the Father can reveal that to you. Jesus says the Father reveals the Son, and the Son reveals the Father. And so to this day, all of humanity, in one way or another, is asked, Who do you say that I am? And he's asking us now, he's asking every one of us this very day, that question still hangs in the air, it's still there in the ether. And it's always there. The question is always there. Isn't it amazing that, that 2,000 years later, that question, that, that, that question just hangs in the air for all of humanity. It's like it's written in the skies, and it says in, in some cloud formation, Who do you say that I am? And blessed are those who can look and, and answer that question and say, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, because at that point we know that God, the Father, has spoken to us, because that cannot be revealed to you by man. But only the Father can put that faith and that trust and that knowledge in your heart. And at that moment you know that God has spoken to you, if you really believe that. God has actually spoken to you. The Father has spoken that word of knowledge into your heart. No matter what Joy Bahar might say, God will speak to you. Sometimes speak, people speak about God in the most ignorant of ways. And they, and they think they have something real to say. And all we can do as Christians is shake our, shake our heads and say, Oh my goodness gracious. Are you really going to go there? Are you no more sophisticated than that? But I guess if you can make a good joke at our expense, that's okay. And I'm not particularly offended because Joy is who she is and and she says what she wants to say. So if we're really that upset about what she said, I wouldn't be writing in and saying, oh, I'm offended. I wouldn't be watching the show. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> so anyhow, consider yourself blessed because the Father has revealed the Son to you and the Son now reveals the Father to you. God has taken the scales from our eyes. God has softened our heart. God has revealed himself to you and trusted to you the ministry of being his ambassador 
for he has directly accepted you and it has invited you invited you in to share in his happiness and on, in this age not only happiness are you called to uh, share in of Christ but you are also called to share in his sufferings because if you will suffer as a Christian you will suffer numerous blows and uh, but consider it all joy for that's the way they treated the prophets of old only God can truly reveal and make known to us Jesus Christ as our Lord and as our King having mercy on us bestowing grace upon us and calling us out as his disciples to share in his joy and in the pain of being the son of God and accepted into his eternal family you know I know that when I became a Christian I really at one time I I don't know if I despised them but I completely held Christians in contempt I just thought there was something psychologically wrong with them. I remember this poor kid. I went to a party once, and somebody told me, Hey, hey Eric, you know, this guy's a Jesus freak, right? So it's like in my head, I'm thinking, Jesus freak? Holy, holy cow. I mean, what does that mean? What is, is this, how weird is this guy? Is, is, is he like, you know, is, do you just drop down a, a, from, from, from some other planet? Uh, and, and I was really like mystified. It's like what? And then you know, I got to talk to the kid, and, and I, I have to admit, he, I mean, he seemed like a normal kid to me. But yet, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking the kid's got a screw loose. But I remember going, waking up early when, after I become a Christian. Waking up early, waking up at five thirty in the morning, and going to to a, a prayer service that that uh, that our pastor held, where we you know we would pray and sing, and it was it was quite fun. I'm thinking to myself, my goodness, how did this happen? I'm getting up at 5.30 to go to a prayer service? This is, this is insane. How could, how could this possibly have happened? How did I come to finally believe and to see and to hear and have the gospel open to me, up, up to me, like some strange exotic flower? And of course it occurred to me after some time that it was the Father having mercy on me bestowing his grace upon me that he allowed me to finally see what I needed seeing and I knew then then and there my life could never and would never be the same how many times did Jesus in my life say Eric who do you say that I am how many times did he ask me he must have asked, asked me continuously my whole lifetime and every time I said uh, I'm not interested um, it's really not, doesn't apply to me, uh, go ask somebody else, or whatever. I was not interested. Until that one day, Jesus, find, you know, that question got asked to me again in some strange way, and I was able to reply, Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And at that moment, God had spoken a word of knowledge into my heart. The Father had spoken to me. No matter what Joy said, says, the Father had spoken to me. He had spoken that into me. But you know, he, he wants us to share in his joy. 
He wants us to share in his divinity and in his happiness. But you know, when Paul gets to know Christ on the road to Damascus there, uh, Jesus visits uh, oh, Anastasius. Was, was that the guy? I hope so. Anyhow, Jesus visits him and says, Paul's going to be visiting you. And he's, and he's going to tell you this. And, and he's, he's going to... Um, and you got to tell Paul this. Got to tell Paul how much you're going to suffer for my name. <laughs> that's that's a heck of an invitation. That's a heck of a uh, you know a greeting. Paul has to learn how much he must suffer for my name. And any true Christian knows that you're going to suffer for his name. You're going to suffer. You know, in here in the United States, in in uh, Western countries, we don't we don't suffer like some do. We're not threatened with our lives day in and day out. We're not threatened with our livelihoods. We're not threatened with a lot of things. But we still, you know, um, share in his sufferings and in the ridicule and, and, uh, and frankly, the prejudice that we experience. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. That's the hope we hold on right, right there. That is the purpose, that is the whole thing right there. The gift of, of God is eternal life. And when we say that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, that eternal life has been bestowed upon us. We can now share in the divinity of God. That is the answer that, that, that Jesus is looking for. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, and no man may be saved except through my name. You have passed over from life to death. Yeah, okay. You have passed over from death to life. And so 2,000 years ago, that question is still with us. Who do you say that I am? Life and death are in that question. And if you cannot say, or if one cannot say that... that um, in your heart you know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, then the truth is not in you. And eternal separation is the destiny of those who cannot answer that question correctly. But if your answer to that question is, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, then the Spirit of truth is in you. And that truth will set you free. Christ overcomes by that word of faith, the power and judgment of the law, and he releases us into the freedom of the grace of the children of God. So we have many questions that were asked, and we ask many questions, and we have many cares like Martha. But let us just make sure that this one question, we answer it right, and we, and, and we know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Out of all things and of all the cares that all of us uh, have day in and day out, and of all the concerns and all the worries, and, and, and uh, there's only one thing, there's only one ultimate question. Who do you say that I am? And blessed are you if you can say, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. For that truth has been revealed to you by the Father. 
and it will be known to you that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son so that anyone who believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life but for those who do not yet see who do not yet believe who do not yet understand whether you are near to the kingdom or far Jesus bids you to ask and to seek and to knock for God knows that the sincere heart that seeks him And he will not turn away that heart. But if you seek, and if you ask, and if you knock, God will one day open that door to you. And he will sup with you, and you will sup with him. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. Ask, and it shall be given. And so on that day, when Jesus comes to you again, says, Who do you say that I am? You can answer. In truth and in spirit, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And the Father will say to you, Blessed are you, for this has not been revealed to you by men, but by my Father in heaven. So, that's my message. Who do you say that he is? There's that question. It just hangs there for all of humanity, for everyone that ever was and is and is to come. That question and how it's answered will set the stage for your eternity. Seek, ask, knock, and God will reveal himself to you through his Son, Jesus Christ. Who do you say that I am? So, when I was preaching in the jails, it was always my custom to have this little doxology from Ephesians. And I, and I love this, this particular, these couple paragraphs, uh, Ephesians 3. And I'm going to start doing that again after the end of every message because I like these words. And I hope you do too. They're very powerful. And I'm going to be saying them after every message as a doxology. So from Ephesians 3, chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse... 14 to the end of the chapter Paul writes for this reason I kneel before the father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever amen go in peace thank you for listening and uh, God bless I love you all in Christ Jesus
Amen.